June is Gun Violence Awareness Month. Many people are trying to call for an end to the violence uh, that is taking so many lives across this country. However, there is one local minister calling for us to answer a controversial question. Why are young black men killing each other? Durham activist and minister Paul Scott is joining us in studio today. Good morning, Paul. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your program. Uh, So you call it the elephant in the room. Uh, Numerous black individuals uh, being shot and killed almost like a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest concern about what is happening? Uh, My concern is really not being discussed objectively. Uh, Most of the times when this conversation comes up in uh, the realm of public discussion, it's always a counter to a police shooting. Mm -hmm. Uh, One side of the fence says, well, yeah, a black kid got shot by the police. Well, what about Chicago? What about Durham? What about black on black violence? My challenge to the community this morning is why don't we in this space, in this period, have a deep dive into not that black kids are killing each other, but a deep dive into why are they killing each other. And my concern is uh, it's not being talked about. Uh, during Gun Violence Awareness Week, it seems like the face of gun violence is older white women, when in reality, the most of the deaths occurring from gun violence are young black men, uh, disproportionately. Why Do you have an idea of, of why people don't talk about this more? I think people are scared to, on both sides, black and white, are scared to be called racist. Mm. You know, on the, on the white side, it's usually people who will uh, go from, uh, start quoting the Negro family, the Monaghan Report from 1965, like it's the gospel according to St. Uh, Patrick Monaghan. And on the black side, you know, no, we don't want to be Sister Soldier. If you remember, Sister Soldier was posed with the question back in 1992, and Bill Clinton kind of dissed her. She put it in the way uh, she said that uh, what would happen, nobody cares about black lives. Uh, what would happen if black people stopped killing black people for a weekend and started killing white people? Uh, that, so that's that sister soldier moment. And as you know, it ruined her music career just by bringing it up. So I think it's that fear. Uh, but we have to create a space in order to make a better society, in order to make a safer community, especially in the African-American community. Uh, we can't be afraid to address this issue. And, and on your part, as as an activist, as a minister, what are you doing to, to kind of create that conversation, start that conversation uh, in Durham, in, in our community? Mm-hmm. I'm putting it into context. Uh, my main focus for the last 18 years, I've been in the community giving out books, dealing with black history, dealing with black culture. Um, for the last year, uh, I've been all over Durham in the proverbial quote-unquote hood, uh, giving out books and teaching every afternoon uh, so we can put it into context. And I'm really teaching young black men, the black youth, to put it into context. And I'm using uh, texts like Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow, to really explain explain the prison industrial complex and how people actually make money, whether it be uh, the prisons, whether it be the funeral homes, whether it be the nonprofit organizations, a.k.a. the poverty pimps, as some people call it, uh, who make money off of the deaths of young black men. And they actually bathe in the tears of black parents. You also wrote uh, an article called Mm -hmm. The Silence of Black Gun Violence. Is there any other part of that article that we 
aren't already talking about that that you want to get a, a message out? Yeah, I think a lot of times an analysis comes from people who have frankly just listened to too many NWA, Tupac records. You know, they grew up watching Boys in the Hood and Minister Society, and they think they know about street knowledge. But uh, Dr. Bobby E. Wright, in his book, The Psychopathic Racial Personality, uh, he talks about how street uh, knowledge is just a myth. It's just a myth. It doesn't really exist. It's it's just a myth that's created, and it has been uh, exploited uh, by the entertainment industry. And, you know, most of the owners of these entertainment entertainment conglomerates aren't black people at the top making those decisions. So uh, that that's what we have to keep in mind that, you know, this whole idea of street knowledge, you got to be from the hood uh, to reach young black men. I don't have a hood black background. I have an activist background. So this uh, thing going on in Durham that you got to be from the hood to reach young black people. That's a myth. That's a myth. We're talking with Durham activist and minister uh, Paul Scott. It is uh, Gun Violence Awareness Month, and, and Paul, I, I, you know, some people might be listening to this and saying, you know, there's there's just too many guns on the streets, or the 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 access to get guns is is too easy. Would you agree with that? To a degree, okay. But see, the way gun, black people look at guns and the way that white people look at guns are categorically different. Uh, we have different experiences. So to me, it's not really the guns; it's the culture. Uh, that has normalized and made billions of dollars, trillions of dollars now, off of glamorizing the death of young black men. So that's what we have to deal with. If we don't, if we even took away the assault rifles or the guns out of the community, uh, people just use knives. So we have to, as a community, have this conversation. I'm so glad to be here this morning to spark this conversation, not only in Durham, but across the state. Let's have this conversation in Durham. Let's have this conversation in Rocky Mount. Let's have this uh, conversation in Fayetteville and Raleigh. Anywhere that young black men are killing each other, let's have this conversation and not play political politics with it. Let's have an honest conversation because as an African-American, I can take the heat. Uh, There's nothing you can say to offend me this morning that I don't see on the news every night or I don't read in the newspaper every morning. But the question for white America, can you take an in-depth conversation discussion about systemic white supremacy and the role that played in the killing of young black men there might be there might be someone in uh in the rural parts of our listening area and they're saying ah not my area not my problem why should i care Mm -hmm. what do you say to them i think if you care about humanity it's everyone's problem you know, I'm not even going to use the narrative that's, well, uh, you know, it might happen. You might be at the mall and get shot. No, let's not do that. Because uh, statistically, it isn't young black men who are shooting up malls and doing the mass shootings. That's, that's you know, that's not in our, it's just not happening. So I think that if you care about humanity, you should care about all life. How do you, how does that, I, I mean, you're black, I'm white. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're having a conversation about it. How do we get to that point where we can bring people together and, and have that conversation out, like you said, in, in Durham or Rocky Mount or Zebulon or where, wherever in the triangle? Like we're doing right here, having a mature conversation, a nonpartisan conversation and get them stop monetizing the death of black people. Uh, because you polit- people politicize it and they monetize it. And most of the time, the average grassroots black person who's actually doing community work, we're left out of the conversation. Uh, because, you know, the no disrespect to the media. I know I'm on the radio. But, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. 
and common solutions like I do, going to the community and passing out books, it's not newsworthy. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's this adage or they don't read. And that's a myth that young black men don't read. They're ecstatic when I give them books. And we have these conversations about the po- uh, political, uh, I'm sorry, the um, prison industrial complex. We have these conversations in real time. Yesterday, a Durham school board member, uh, Alexandra, uh, she went on in on the streets with me and we talked to young black men. So I invite other political people, other politicians, come to the hood with me. You'll be all right. Let's talk. <laughs> I love that. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Durham activist and Minister Paul Scott, and I, I love having this conversation. I wish we could continue it, uh, but we gotta we gotta come to an end here. Uh, but I would love to have you back on the show and, and and continue this conversation. And is there any anything that we can do? Uh, I don't know if you guys are are having an event or or like you said just random day like hey uh, let's pick a thursday let's 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 go out to durham together mm-hmm. something like that well if anyone who wants to come just uh my twitter is at truth minister and that's minister with the a you know flashback to hip-hop truth minister on twitter and just follow me and what we really need is books uh people have donated because i'm not a 501c i'm not a part of the nonprofit industrial complex so we really need books I really need books so I can continue what we started, Bull City Griot, which is Durham's first free black bookstore. And we have been doing that by the courtesy, through the courtesy of um, just citizens who are concerned, black and white, uh, equally have given books. So we really need books to continue Bull City Griot and to pass books out to the community. Paul, I really appreciate you coming in. This, Thank you. This has been awesome. Honored to be here.